Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You know, Quiggs, I've spoken before about my old school South Philly neighbors and how I have names for them. Like I call the one Hello Sir because all of the interactions I usually have, he says Hello Sir, and then he tells me how he likes the the Eagles and the Phillies, but not necessarily the Flyers and the Sixers. And I say, Yeah, 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 that's great. Have a good day. Have a good one, and all that. You can't blame him for not liking the Flyers. You can't blame him at this yeah. point. Absolutely. How can not. you blame him? I have another neighbor that smokes cigars constantly, so I call him Cigar Time, based after uh, my favorite public access show where people just sit around smoking stogies and uh, talk about how much they enjoy them. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I have na- names for all, because I, I, why would I sit down and actually learn somebody's name like a normal person? And I was I was talking to somebody over the weekend, my buddy Paul, and I was talking about this, and he suggested, he's, he was saying that, or I said to Paul, I don't think they even know my name. And he says, well, they might not know your name, but they have a name for you. You don't know what their name for you is. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. So oh because I've been calling them, like, of course they would have a name for me. They have to call me something, right? And Paul suggested, because I wear a fair amount of flyer stuff, at least before this year, uh, before this year of uh, protest for me, uh, that... Perhaps it's a Flyers-based nickname. So these people out there call me like Bernie or Clarky or something like that because they're old school. They would go with a bully's name, 100%. What if they were calling you like Mace, like Steve Mason, <laughs> like someone, like something totally like you would be expecting to be called that player, like so, just kind of like a very, like, I don't know, just a random player from Flyers history, like Mace or uh, I don't know who else. Steve who else Hartnell. Steve, uh, Steve Hartnell. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. Oh, man, what a song. What a song and what a reference. Steve Hartnell, I believe that goes back to a, a very old graphic misspelled where Scott turned into Steve and everybody yeah. turned into Steve. And then I kept getting pings in the slack. And I'm sure once Kurt or Steph or somebody hears this, I'm going to get some Steve pings based on that. But yeah. it could be Bernie. It could be Clark. It could be Gritty. They might call me Gritty. Maybe that's actually that would make some sense. It would make some sense. It would, for sure. And who even knows, right, like, what they're calling me? But it could be Gritty. I Actually, now that I think about it, they're very likely they could be calling me Gritty behind my back. And it's interesting timing to even think about that because Gritty 
has some competition in the NHL. There is a new mascot in the NHL right now. The Kraken have unveiled their mascot. No, it's not an octopus, as you might have expected. You might have expected a Kraken to be their actual mascot. They decided on another fictional creature, and they went with Bowie the Troll. <laughs> so he is a troll. That's what it is? That's what it is. It's it's a troll. It's got a big, I guess, button nose or jelly bean nose or something and it's got like braided hair or it's got braids in its hair but slicked back hair otherwise real do you have to do you have to pay the troll toll to get into games you gotta pay the troll toll to get into the cracking hole you gotta pay the troll toll to get in yeah oh my god yeah you do have to pay the troll toll and there should be a five dollar troll toll for every ticket sold You should be in the marketing for the Kraken right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love oh that God. right there. I, but looking at this thing right here, it's got dimples. It's somehow like both adorable and kind of uh, deranged, but it, it doesn't hit that like Gritty is full deranged. Yes. When Gritty was unveiled, it was shocking to the world because it's like, what is this Muppet on crack? <laughs> what is yeah. this thing? And Bowie's just kind of like... It feels like a rejected character from a Pixar movie. Dude, I was just about to say. He looks like someone from, like, Frozen or something. He looks too Disney to me. I think that's, like, I don't know. Like, all right. I I thought they should have just done the obvious thing and go with an octopus because, like... And they they mentioned this. They had a tweet, you know, where they were talking to all the different Seattle athletes, and they were saying, "Oh, it should be an octopus." And then someone said, "Well, we don't know what a kraken is." So, like, what do you mean you don't know what a kraken is? It's an octopus. I mean, some people are like, "It's a squid." It's an octopus. It's something else. Blah blah blah. And like, Uh, it's much like an alligator and a crocodile to the regular ass person. They don't know the fucking difference between a squid and an octopus. I think they overthought the mascot and like. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going to give Bowie a chance. But, like, and that's a really weird name, too. But, like, uh, I get it because there's Bowie's in Seattle. And they already have all the anchor themes and everything. But, yeah. but again, Bowie's in <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, too. It, it's right there, right? It's There's Bowie's anywhere. There's water. It's, yeah. It goes with the ocean right there. But, like, it, the Kraken was right there. It's not the Flyers where the Flyers... It, it was difficult to come up with a mascot because their logo is a flying P. They don't even have yeah. jets involved with them. It had to be something weird and unique, right? And the same with the Phillies, right? When the Fanatic was unveiled back in the day, I'm sure. I would love if social media was around for when the Fanatic was unveiled because it would have been, what oh. the fuck is this? We all yeah, love really. the Fanatic now, but I'm sure if the gr- Fanatic was unveiled in the social media age, it would have been very much like the first 10 minutes of Gritty where Philly was like, oh my God, what have they done? And then people started making fun of it. And we all decided Gritty is the best. Shut the fuck up. Get yeah. his name. Get its name out of your mouth. Because we can't, uh, you can't really attribute a gender to Gritty, at least until they unveil like a Mrs. Gritty or something like that. Until then, Gritty's an it. Gritty is an it. But uh, Bowie the Troll, it just seems like an odd option. And I think... Uh, you know, Cracky the Crack, <laughs> Carl the Kraken Crack, would have been yeah. would have been much better. I feel like, um, like maybe there's some. Is there any information on like why it's the troll? Like, did they? Is there some sort of like folklore from Seattle where there's like trolls there or something? Because like, if there's some sort of story behind it, I would get it. But it feels like to me, 
the and maybe I'm just sounding pretentious right now, saying, "Oh, Gritty's the best mascot in the NHL and everything." But like, well, I feel the, the NHL mascot like suck. To, He's by far the best. Yeah, like it, it just feels like they were trying to like make a gritty, and they just made a random thing. And I'm like, man, you should have just made an octopus. Because, like, what octopus's mascot is there? You know, you, there were some, I'm sure there would have been some really cool ideas for an octopus. So, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. There was a long list of names that we looked at, said Lamont Buford, the Kraken's vice president of live entertainment and game presentation. We looked at the Seattle area. We looked at the water. We looked at our brand. And just like a buoy floating out on the water, it just happened to pop up and we stumbled on it. Yes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I will say this, though. Like, oh, hey, oh wait, wait, there's more. We got more. We got more here. Oh. Uh, Bowie, Bowie is said to be a nephew of the Fremont Troll, the 18-foot, 13,000-pound concrete structure situated beneath a section of the Aurora Bridge. That troll was created in 1989 by local artist Steve Badaness. I'm just going to call him Steve Badass. Will Martin, Donna Walter, and Ross Whitehead in an art competition to spruce up the neighborhood. Sporting a number zero Team Jersey buoy, supportedly resides in the caverns of Climate Pledge Arena, and legend has it he's met the actual Kraken, toting a souvenir blue tentacle from the encounter. So that's what that is. Apparently. That little blue thing. Apparently. It's actually, it's not a braid. I thought it was a braid. Yeah. It's it's a piece of the Kraken itself, which, so th- there's a troll... It's a tiny-ass Kraken. It is a tiny-ass Kraken. It's a little I'm not very afraid if that Kraken gets unleashed. No, not at all. I'll cook that bitch. <laughs> so the... Tr- I'll cook that bitch. Calamari, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. That's how you get rid of Krakens right there. Oh, my God. Uh, what? So I've never heard of the Fremont Troll before, so I'm looking that up now, and... It's just kind of Where did you find that? Was that on the Kraken's like announcement or whatever? That is the Seattle Times article, which I will send you over in the old Slack right now. Okay. See, but that's they even mentioned one of the things he lives in the depths of of Climate Pledge Arena. I'm like, that's exactly where Gritty lives. He lives in the depths of Wells Fargo Center. (laughs) Yeah. It just feels like there's a lot of similarities here where like no one knows what it is. Like, why is it what it is? What is it? Why is it? How is it? But I'll say this, no matter how many questions I have about Bowie, he's still better than fucking Buzz or whatever the goddamn Blue Jackets thing is. Stinger. <laughs> Buzz, Stinger. 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 That's it. Stinger's such a joke. He can fuck off. Wolf, Buzz's cousin, Stinger. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> God, Stinger's such a joke of a mascot. Get out of I here. Know. I know you hate Stinger because, well, again... He's a what yellow he? jacket. It's a like, oh my god! It's a it's, sick joke. It's just yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it, Chuck? Chuck uh, from Better Call Saul. What a sick joke! What a <laughs> sick joke! What a sick joke! He's uh, not a lawyer. Yeah, he's not a mascot. He's not a mascot. I've seen mascots. Okay, the Magna Carta dictates <laughs> the mascots. Can't be Bowie. Not our precious Bowie. <laughs> And what, and what a weekend it was for mascots. Just before we got started, you were pointing out that the, uh, this, what was it? The BYU mascot was doing this 
I don't know, this crazy physical, like, American Ninja Warrior challenge. The BYU mascot, where I never would have thought that their mascot, like, of all the school, like the colleges, I never would have thought that BYU's mascot would be this lit. But, like, <laughs> this Well, I guess dude. the thing is, when, when you can't really have much booze or anything in the state of Utah, it's, that's what you do, is you just uh, really get ripped and just work out way yeah. too much. Well, that's the thing. I thought, like, during BYU games, they would just have some guy with a dog throwing a frisbee on the field or some shit in like <laughs> in like they, a white polo shirt saying like yeah gee isn't this nice with a cross on it or something but like they <laughs> they have they got this i don't know who this mascot is but this guy how he's not on the football team is just it makes no sense to me because he's a superhero the person in this costume he was all right so what they did is they had like um they stacked up two like little towers of of like folding tables and they put three tables on each. So this is like a Buffalo Bills fans just dream right now. <laughs> um, so like this guy, he started in push up position and he pushed himself on all fours. He pushed himself up, grabbed onto the first two tables. Then as he's like suspended, holding himself up with just his feet and hands on these tables, he does it again and he, propels himself back up onto the second layer of tables. Then he does it again onto the third. When he gets to the top, he starts doing push-ups, and then he dismounts doing a backflip. And then he somehow still has the energy to run to, like, the student section and jump up and hang out with the students. I'm like, this guy is Master Chief from Halo. I would be exhausted even trying to do one push-up, let alone push-ups up multiple folding tables and then backflips and all this shit. I, I feel like the BYU mascot needs to have a mascot off with Gritty because Gritty, as we have said before on this program, is probably the greatest athlete in Philadelphia. Gritty can yeah. throw perfect axes. Gritty can dance. Gritty can surfboard. Gritty can skate. Gritty can do whatever. That Gr Gritty's got a great shot. Gritty could probably be the best flyer if we put whoever was in the Gritty costume out there today. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think we need to have a mascot off. I was going to ask if Bowie had any chance against Gritty, but we all know the answer to that, and that's not a Bowie chance in hell. Up. Yeah. Now I'll say this: this BYU mascot would beat the fuck if it was just hand-to-hand -hand combat. Gritty would get fucked up against this BYU mascot. Mm, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. The problem is, is that remember Gritty punched never... a kid one time. Well, he did allegedly, allegedly. But the thing is, is like if it came down to a showdown between this BYU mascot, I don't even know this this mascot's name. But if it came down to a, a showdown between that that mascot and Gritty, it would never resort to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat because Gritty would just murder, like, him with a weapon. Just behind the scenes, just, <laughs> you know, total, like, I poisoned you three hours ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, it would never resort to that because this guy would just, he would be dead before he even tried to lay a hand on Gritty because Gritty's a sociopath. Right, well, because Gritty plays dirty. Gritty yeah. plays the Game of Thrones, doesn't actually, uh, you know, try to play honorable like Ned Stark. Gritty watched Game of Thrones and knows Ned Stark's fate. So Gritty's just like, that ain't happening to Gritty. The Gritster's coming out on top no matter what. Gritty knows better. You play dirty to win. You play to win. Gritty gets that. I wish the Flyers would play that way. They don't. They need to take lessons from their own damn mascot. Yeah, they do. Gritty, uh, oh my god. If Gritty were on the team, that would just be... I mean, it would be the, it would be the ultimate blend of, like, Claude Giroux. Um, who, who else is, like, a... 
Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, and like Nick Delorier. <laughs> were, you, were you having just trouble thinking of good Philadelphia Flyers from the past few <laughs> I years? I was. I was trying to Hayden Hodgson, Max Max Willman. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, Nick Sealer. Just the combination of all the greats from the best. I was trying year. to not, think of like not to pick on any like... of those gentlemen. I'm sure they're fine gentlemen, but they are not exactly the uh, creme de la creme of the NHL. They do nothing to provide inspiration. And by the way, I, I would rather go with Zach McEwen over Nick Delorier because Zach McEwen is at least fun and has a mustache. He's and skilled. Hair. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I was trying to pick like the three players. So like the most skilled would be Claude Giroux. He's not even a flyer. Anymore. But he's not but even like a flyer skilled, anymore. So yeah. now you have to go with Sean Couturier twice and Nick Delorier. Yeah. So I was thinking like most skilled and then most balanced, which is Couturier, and then well, most just how about, insane. How about Couturier, Cam Atkinson? Because we still like Cam. We're still pro I do Cam, like Cam around here. Yeah. So, someone was talking shit about Cam earlier on Twitter, and I was like, how? Why are you doing Charlie that? O'Connor ended up getting tweet- subtweeted. <laughs> or not subtweeted. It was directly at him by Jake He got Voracek. added by Jake. Uh, Jake Voracek came in because uh, there was a conversation between Charlie and a couple other people just talking about <laughs> You know, Chuck Fletcher having getting ripped off on deals and somebody tried to say that the Atkinson for Voracek trade was a complete steal for the Blue Jackets, which is lunacy, because as much as I like Jake Voracek and I like him a lot, like, number one, that was a great change of pace trade. Number two, yes, it was. Yeah, that as Charlie kind of pointed out in our Slack chat, like it, it's a fine trade. It's not really a good trade for either team, but it's a fine trade. I mean, Jake's got a huge cap hit and pretty much only can pass the puck to other people or into the back of the net. And it's very rare into the back of the net. What do you have? Like three goals last year? There was like a point where he had like 40 something assists and like six goals or like something really. The discrepancy was hilarious. I actually want to look at that again. Why don't you look that up and I'll I'll finish talking about everything that went on with Charlie. So uh, essentially, like Charlie was just trying to have this discussion saying that, you know, look. Like, it's not the greatest trade in the world, but it was just kind of fine for both teams. And Cam Atkinson does provide value to the team. And there's pros and cons to both players, essentially. So it's not like Chuck got particularly ripped off on that one. And then Jake comes in from the top rope and goes, try watching the game for once, Charlie. (laughs) Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It's like it's like the RKO meme. It's like, watch out, watch out. He, he just appeared in. out of no, like, I guess if you say his name three times, like Beetlejuice, Jake Voracek just appears to subtweet you or, not <laughs> yeah, just to or talk you. shit on you on Twitter. Yeah, to own you, exactly. Own you on the line, turn you into a corn cob. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So I I have, Jake's got the juice. He's all about that corn. I got Jake's stats from last season. Um, and it's, let's see. He had, all right, I, let's do it. All right. So he played 79 games. He had 56 assists. How many goals do you think Jake Voracek had last season? Four. Yeah. A little more. A little more than four. Did he have more? I, I remember at one point it was a ridiculous he had like Did he get yeah, up to he ten? Like nothing. What was that? Did he get up to double digits? He did not. <laughs> okay. Uh, Single eight. digit. N- less. What is it? So it's six goals. He got six goals. Six goals. So it was when you said a little more. I thought you were saying there was a lot more. It was just literally yeah, a little, literally more. a little more. Yeah. <laughs> I, this six is goals. The Betsman numbers. These are the numbers that like, like, I, I don't even know who's a defensive. Like this is like Kimo Timonen numbers. Yeah, Kimo Timonen. Yeah. Like, did Adam Fox even? Because I don't think he scores many goals, but he gets just a ridiculous amount of assists. 
Right, because that's like. what defensemen do. He had, all right, yeah. Adam Fox had 63 assists and 11 goals. Really? He got, he's, yeah, he got outscored by Adam Fox. And that's not to say, like, Adam Adam Fox is awesome, but, like, if but he is forward. Like, but he is awesome. That is actually to say Adam Fox is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's that's crazy that he only had six goals. He only had six goals. That's like a parody of Jake at that point. But he had all those assists. He puts up points. He's a guy. But, you know, Jake is who he is. And that's the point Charlie's trying to make. And it's just funny that Char- that Jake basically comes in saying, watch the game. Like, Jake, you know Charlie's there in every game. You know he's yeah. watching the game. Yeah. You jerk. Maybe what he's trying to say is, like, watch a Blue Jackets game. But who the fuck would do that? No, why would you do that to yourself? I just can't understand why any human being would do that to themselves. And and Jake, please don't block us for this. I know you're you're listening. You're uh, the, he's a friend of the show, a friend of the show. Jake Voracek. If you want, I'll do a John Taffer impression whenever you want. Okay, Jake, but please don't block us for this. No, 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 no. We support you and we love you very much, Jake. We we're do. just we're just Warts calling it like it is. We're calling it. I mean, that's that's what we got to do. We got to tell it like it is. That's what yeah. we like to do here. We and, like the trade. But we, we like the tra- well, Jake Forge. Both both guys needed a change of scenery, right? Yes. Cam needed a change of scenery. Jake needed a change of scenery, and both these teams are now projected to finish at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division. So it's perfect. It's well, I can tell you which one's gonna finish at the bottom. It's not. The I mean, team. it could be close. <laughs> I don't know. At least they have a superstar. That's true. That's true. That, that will make a difference. That will definitely help them over there. And before we go into our uh, just dreaded Philadelphia Flyers at this point, I also have to point out that the Flyers, get, they better be ready to, to pony up to the old gritster here because the Denver Nuggets just made their mascot Rocky. And this is news from yesterday. The highest paid mascot in the NBA with a $625,000 annual salary according to boardroom rocky makes 10 times the average salary of an nba mascot which is roughly 60k a year that's insane money for a mascot and because gritty is one of the top five mascots in all professional sports the flyers better be ready to pony up to their only marketing thing right now their only good (laughs) marketing tool if rocky is making that much gritty has to make at least a million I wonder if the guy inside the gritty cot, and I always, it's weird saying that because like, I always forget that there's a person inside that stupid costume, but there is. And I wonder if he listens to this. Like, I hope so. I was going to say, if, if, if they give gritty a rate, do we even know what gritty makes? No, I, I, I would. <laughs> there's we no, wouldn't. there's no cat friendly for, for mascots. <laughs> there should be, there should be a mascot site directly just reporting on salaries. But like, See, and that's one of the weird things. Like, why are they, like, why did they disclose that information about Rocky? Like, that's an odd thing to do. I don't know. It's very but, like, odd. And I didn't know that, that Rocky had such a big following or whatever, because I, I just, because I, I didn't even know what Rocky was, to be honest I, with you. I, I, what does Rocky do? Rocky looks like he's a bobcat or something, which uh, for the Denver, why isn't he a minor? I don't know. For Denver Nuggets, they're gold nuggets, right? I don't yeah. understand. But I, I found an article from the uh, Denver Nuggets SB Nation site. It said the Denver Nuggets mascot, known as Super Mascot Rocky, that's really a hell of a term to give yourself, I is regarded as 
the best mascot in professional sports. This, of course, according to the Denver Nuggets SB Nation blog. We all know the best mascot in professional sports is the Philly Fanatic. But his ornery attitude has earned him quite the reputation with Nuggets fans, and he's a regular celebrity during home games at the Pepsi Center. Maybe it's the kid in me, but I've always found Rocky to be hilarious, mostly because he's a little bit of a jerk. There are only four mascots in the world that should be making that kind of money. And one of them is not Rocky. What, ha- what like what Rocky has never done a single thing that I saw. And I was like, wow, that's an amazing mascot. Like I didn't even know the fucker's name until no. now. So like, there's only like a couple mascots and it's the Philly fanatic. And yes, I'm being perhaps a Homer, but like Philly fanatic gritty. No, the Philly fanatic's the best. That's a, there's no yeah. Homer about it. The Philly fanatic's the best. Gritty's the top fiver. Hey, gritty is one of the most recognizable mascots in the world. And I, I think you could show gritty to a lot of people in the world and they'd know who gritty is. Yes. The third would be Benny the Bull, because he's awesome. I love Benny, Benny the Bull's Bull. good. Where, what then, are your feelings? What are your feelings on Mr. Met? I mean, he's unique, but like... But is he? What does he so, do? I'd say Mr. Met is recognizable, right? Because yeah. Mr. Met is like Mr. Met. But at the end of the day, Mr. Met is the least creative mascot in the pl- on the planet, because Mr. Met is just a giant fucking baseball head. Yeah, but like... Like, uh, well, I get it. Imagine if the Flyers mascot was Mr. Puck. He just had yeah. his big puck head. That'd be insanely stupid. Yeah, that would not be great. Oh, the Eagles mascot, know, like, Mr. Football's here. Mr. Eagle with his football head. I don't hate Mr. Met because, like, it's not I like there's Mr. a million other mascots. I would fight with Mr. Head. Met tomorrow. If, if Mr. Met came over to my house right now, I'd beat him with my Jason Worth bat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You have yeah. to. He's the Mets. Yeah. Ivan Beat Provorov would Mets. be happy about that, though. Oh, good. That makes me even happier. I want Ivan Provorov to play angry this year. <laughs> yeah. Or not play at all, because I want them to lose. Tank, baby, tank! The only other mascot that deserves that kind of money is that BYU mascot. Those four <laughs> mascots, should they're the only ones who should make that much. I, in Rocky, sorry, you're not important. You're not important. I don't think about you at all. I don't. I really don't. Have you ever seen Mr. Redlegs? I don't think... Is that a baseball mascot? Yeah, that's the the Cincinnati Reds mascot. Look up Mr. Redlegs real quick, because he's basically like 1800s villain Mr. Met. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. So, all right. Well, this takes away from Mr. Met, because now there's another baseball head mascot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Redlegs. He's got his big big snidely whiplash mustache, and he just, he looks demented. He looks demented. I like him. Mr. Met, you know, gives a shit. Get out of here. Yeah, so that takes Mr. Met down a peg for me because I didn't realize there was another baseball head mascot. I don't, I don't follow baseball really much unless like it's the Phillies. So I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> elsewhere in the baseball world. But yeah, I might, I, I might have discussed this before, but you know which mascots I truly hate are the like human mascots. Like uh, if you look over at. For instance, I'm thinking of the Dallas Cowboys mascot, the like oh, he cowboy. Looks weird, yeah, I hate it. I hate or the Patriots one, Patriot Pat or whatever his name is. You know what's one of the weirdest mascot? And I think we've actually talked about this before, or maybe it was maybe it was like a long time ago. I can't remember. But the Chargers mascot is so weird. Like, what is the Chargers it's, mascot? It's I'm sending it to you right now in Slack. It's like this guy with a lightning bolt head and like his face is sticking out of it and he's got sunglasses and these giant oh teeth. my god no it's no horrifying. i don't like it at all 
It's a really weird mascot. Boltman is what they call it. The Boltman! The unofficial mascot of the San Diego... Well, no, LA Chargers. But, like, the mascot is actually Dan Horgui. A life sure. Ho- oh, so it's a fan. Okay, so this isn't... <laughs> okay, so I thought this was the actual mascot. So you I thought that was the... I mean, if that was the mascot, that would be tremendous. It's the most 90s thing I've ever seen. Because he's got those 90s, like yeah. those 90s sunglasses on and he's grinning. He's got... Uh, he's a lightning bolt with a full mouth of teeth. Oh, here's another funny one. So he... he I guess he changes. So now... He is, he's got like a gigantic chin, like just even bigger than the one I sent you. Um, what? Look at how, and he's still, but now he's got his mouth slightly open. He got a little plastic surgery done. Definitely some like this. Yeah. He looks like Jack Nicholson there. He does. Yes, he does. <laughs> like a caricature of Jack Nicholson. I wonder how much it costs to make that. Too much, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely not enough to make to warrant this investment. Gotta support the team. <laughs> just imagine being like his wife, perhaps husband, and just being like, hey, what are you doing? Like, why are you blowing all this money? It's just like, go Chargers, baby. Go Chargers, Chargers. gotta support the team. I'm part of the team. No, you're not. Now, was that with San Diego, though? Or did that guy commute to L.A. to start doing that? That's what I'm trying to... Make. <laughs> okay. All right. Now... All right. I'm seeing a lot of weird shit now that I'm... Oh, oh you're man. going down a rabbit hole here. So there's a whole Chargers mascot situation. So here's another one. This guy is a giant lightning bolt, <laughs> sunglasses and all, but this time he has a six-pack and abs and huge pecs. Oh, okay. Working out. So there he is. Oh, that's what... terrifying. He, oh, my God. Well, this guy God. looks more like uh, John Belushi. <laughs> but if John Belushi did crunches. John Belushi. Yeah, no. Like, if John Belushi John never Belushi. drank. <laughs> he never drank and was fit, but was still had, like, his face. So, like, if every part of his body was ripped except for his face. I hate this. I hate everything about this. And this isn't even the weirdest thing I've seen today because the Broad Street Buzz crew revolted and started posting porn all over their Twitter oh, all day and oh, feet God. porn and feet. So that's we somehow, have... somehow this ripped lightning bolt with sunglasses that looks like a California raisin on a lightning bolt it, who also does crunches is not the weirdest thing I've seen today. God, this is really the weirdest mascot. I don't know if they... So if this is the unofficial mascot, then what's their actual mascot? Oh my God. I guess we have to find out. We've gone down the rabbit hole, and this is still better than talking about the Flyers. So let's find out who the Los Angeles Chargers mascot is. And I'm sure... It's got to be a lightning bolt, right? Oh my God. I saw another image of the lightning bolt with teeth. Oh... (laughs) The amount of evolutions this guy has made. They don't have crazy. one. They don't have one. Boltman is the unofficial mascot. And there's so many terrifying pictures of Boltman. I need to get away from this. But here's I hate the thing. Boltman has a Twitter. Oh, so it's only, they only have 788 followers. So that doesn't Bol- really count. Boltman. Um, Boltman tweets. Bolt. Yeah, dude, I have no idea. Boltman. Boltman returns. Where Boltman is Boltman? Forever. Is he still there? Like 2022? Boltman and Robin. Boltman 2021. Let's see. The Dark Bolt Rises. Still... Oh, so he's around because 
He's wearing an M85 or whatever the hell that mask is. M90? What is it? N95. N95. Oh, I'm thinking of M83, that band that did Midnight City. Um, yeah, he's wearing like that mask. So clearly he's been around since COVID. <laughs> Pulp man. Jeez. You found, you found oh. an insane rabbit hole to go down. I did. Okay, so here's video or picture evidence that he is in fact going to LA Chargers games. He's still wearing the old San Diego Chargers like Navy uniform with like the block font numbers. He's but taking that Amtrak, baby. Yeah. He's surrounded by um, Chargers fans wearing their new uniforms. So clearly he's going to games still. Gold Chargers. Gold Chargers. Have you ever heard that clip of Schwarzenegger going, go Chargers? It's so good. It's so good. I love it. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Unfortunately, what isn't good is our Philadelphia Flyers. They are one in five in the preseason so far. One game left. They look they look horrible. They've scored five goals in five games, including a preseason shutout. And it's just, it's rough. It's rough. It's not the best, Steve. I got to tell you, not feeling great going into this. No, I mean, I, I'm finding it very funny. Chaos reigns at this point and uh, blow it for Bedard, baby. But I, I was just, the thing that cracked me up the most was the game where Tortorella was sitting up in the box to watch it from above, which number one, I actually really liked. So he can see all the problems with the team from afar. So we can try. And there's and, problems. <laughs> there's a lot of problems. There's plenty yeah. of problems for him to see. I posted something, uh, you know, in regards to this on my Twitter, but it reminds me of in, uh, so in Batman year one, it's uh, Bruce Wayne comes back to Gotham by plane. Jim Gordon comes into Gotham by train and uh, Jim Gordon's saying like, come in, but he should have flown because he wouldn't see all the problems with the city. He's dreading his new job and everything. Uh, Bruce Wayne says, I should have come in uh, on the train or on the ground so I could see all the problems up close. And I was thinking of Tortorella just going like, I got to see it from both angles. I got to see it up close and from afar. He's re- he's <laughs> really Batmaning the shit out of this. I like, yeah, I, but you know, but what? don't Batman I, I do too well. Get don't, it though. Cause like, he, like seeing it from no, I get it. View, it's a good strategy. 
Yeah, I think it's great. And like now, I was kind of surprised when he, because he was on the bench yesterday against the Islanders, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was on the bench for the Islanders game. And I was kind of surprised that they weren't playing a little better just because like after seeing what he saw, I am like knowing torts. I just imagine him going down there, being on the bench and just being pissed. Oh, it's number one. It's preseason. And he's going to give himself a heart attack. If he's like revving himself up for preseason. Yeah. Number two, this team sucks. Okay. Like I, I, we've discussed this before. I like it. Yeah. Uh, these guys on this team, it's not a good hockey team. Okay. This is, there are so many problems with this hockey team and, He's really got his work cut out for him. To put it in perspective, right now, the Flyers' leading scorer in the preseason, and I had to count this up because they don't just have the stats conveniently located on their website like they normally do for preseason. Uh, Morgan Frost is leading the team in preseason points with three assists. Good. Good job, Morgan. Nobody scored multiple goals. You've had goals scored by Noah Cates, Jackson Cates, Travis Konechny, Kevin Hayes, and TDA. So we just goals from different people every night. And again, they've only scored two goals in a game once they've been shut out in one of them. And it's mostly just one goal a game. And it's, it's as uninspired as I can remember flyers looking. And I know it's preseason. I I know you really cannot count this towards the regular season, but uh, if you're talking about expectations, I don't think they could be lower. Well, like, and this was kind of our expectation going into the season anyway, because like, so it's not shocking. We knew that offense was going to be hard to come by when, I mean, Giroux's gone. Couturier is going to miss time. Farabee's going to miss time. Uh, although it's sounding like he might come back a little sooner than expected. Hopefully, hopefully not. I hope he stays on the sidelines until he's healthy. But like, we knew that it was going to be hard to, for the Flyers to score goals just because of their lack of high-end talent. And, like, we're seeing it in the preseason. And, like, you have to wonder, like, like what's going to change for when the regular season comes? It, it feels like they're going to they're gonna have to win games by defense. And that's a huge reason why I feel like they brought in Tortorella. One, because he, needed, he wants to change the culture. And two, because they need to – like, that's the only way they can win is by playing stiff, like, stingy defense. And right now, like with the just sheer lack of offense that they have, that's they're kind of putting all their eggs in that one be hard to play against basket. And we're we're just kind of seeing it right now. Oh, boy. Let me tell you, they so you're telling me that this team is relying on being defensively great when their defense consists of Ivan Provorov and one Mr. Anthony D'Angelo on the first pairing. Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen on the second pairing. And let me tell you, Risto is looking real freaking good. Mid-season form for that guy. And Cam York and Justin Braun on the third pairing. This team is supposed to be defensively tight? I'll say, okay. I'll say this. I'm not saying from your perspective. I'm saying that as it's all a sick joke. Yeah, well, I agree. Okay, so my, my thought process is this. I'm not inspired by this defense on paper at all. But maybe, just maybe, something like when the regular season gets started and they start to, they get more used to torts and the system and everything and they get used to each other, maybe things will start to get a little better and they'll actually play some fairly decent defense. That's a huge maybe though. 
Like, we don't know that that's going to happen. And if I had to guess, I would say that this defense is going to be a dumpster fire. But given how successful John Tortorella is at, you know, making teams, like, at, at the very least competent defensively, I would think that what we're seeing right now is going to be improved upon at some point this season. I don't know if it's going to – probably not game one, maybe not game 20, but, like, maybe a little later on this season. But, yeah, I can understand why there's so little just hope in what they currently have right now on the back end. There's there's nothing on either end. It's unbelievable. I I just – I have been expecting this to be bad, and every time I look, it's worse. I mean, I'm looking at perspective – death charts right now and please don't tell me they're expecting max willman to be a top nine player right now there's if i swear to god if he's like on the starting lineup in game one i, I don't know what i'm like what that, they, i mean at that point then they're just kind of making their own bed like yep we're going into this season like you know we we want to compete but you know this is the best we got like that would be really just a terrible look if he's in the starting lineup for game one. I don't think he will be, but like, yikes. I don't know. I, I really, yikes. just the lack of depth they have right now is startling. It's startling. And who's Adam Brooks? Uh, I literally asked myself that the other day watching the game. And I was like, who? I'm looking at the depth chart right now on Cap Friendly. And they have a prospective fourth line of Nick Delorier, Adam Brooks, and Zach McEwen. I have no idea who Adam Brooks is. It's actually Larry Brooks. Oh, um, wow. Trying to, yeah, he's, he wants to, you know, take one more shot at, uh, at Taurus. So he, he got himself in shape and is trying to make the team. And if he makes the team, he's going to infiltrate. the. I would love if Larry Brooks, why don't we just have a fourth line of beat writers? That would be great. Larry Brooks, Sam Carcitti and Charlie all in the fourth line. (laughs) Charlie would want to. He would request a trade. Charlie would request a trade. He would request a trade. Yes, he would. He's smart. He would. All right. Then how about Dave Isaac isn't doing anything. Let's throw Dave Isaac over there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that would be. But like, yeah. yeah, Randy J. Why why are we throwing Charlie and Dave Isaac into the mix here as nice guys when we could throw Randy J. Miller in there? Randy J. Miller, Larry Brooks, and Sam Carcini for the Flyers fourth line. I think it's got to happen. Yeah, I, I think that would be fun. I think it would be great. It would be more fun than what we're going to see. I mean, I will say this much. Delorier and Zach McEwen are going to fight people. That's for sure. And if Nick Delorier, because he was wearing an A in the preseason game last night, if he's wearing a friggin' A going into the season, I'm going to laugh so goddamn hard. I do wonder. So now we know that there's like not going to be a mass or a mascot. Now that we know that there's not going to be a captain this year. Like I do. I think the mascot's more important than the captain at this point. Well, yes, he is. Gritty's the captain. Gritty's the captain of the team. If Gritty's just the captain, I'd be fine with it right now because this... And they shouldn't name a captain. I don't think they should name a captain for this entire season because... No, yeah. It's it's going to be a cliff note captain because I, I think whoever has to clean up Chuck's mess, and if Chuck makes it through this season... I'm going to just be become the Joker. I will I'll really the be Joker. stunned. Yeah, I'm stunned. I, but if Chuck's still in place going into next season, then nothing's going to change. I would expect nothing to change. But if what should happen and Chuck gets shit canned, whoever the next GM is, Danny I, I pity the Danny Briere, or if they decide to go another direction, I pity whoever it is because this is such a shit show to clean up. Clean up. Yeah, it's not great, but. I don't know. Justin like, Braun for captain. 
I was going to say, like, I wonder how many A's they're going to give out. Because I know some teams, like, when they don't have a captain, they just give out, like, just a shitload of, like, alternate captain. Like, like they make half the team alternate captains. So I would not be shocked if Deloria has an A on his sweater at some point this season. I would be shocked if McEwen has an A on his sweater at some point. Oh, give it, make McEwen the captain. Why that not? Would be, that'd be wild, but it would be fun. Oh, Madman McEwen is the captain. I'm into it. A hundred percent. It would look like a bully's captain. He'd get out there. He'd hit guys. And that's all people want. They don't want goals. They want fights, baby. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, like, <laughs> this isn't going to happen. But I think what I would love to happen is, and this might not even, it wouldn't even be a smart move for the Flyers either. Because they essentially, they essentially already have this person, two of this person on the team right now. But like, I would love it if they just like traded for Wayne Simmons, like got him back no. and like just made him the captain and so just put I, him on I the fourth love... line and <laughs> let him boss everybody around. It'd be great. Like I would love if Wayne was in a Flyers uniform wearing the C, but I don't want to subject Wayne to any of this. Well, yeah. Yeah. Any of this because he deserves better. He deserves to be in the playoffs, even in the press box. He deserves to just be there and not here. I'm so happy that Claude Drew is gone from this and Jake and Wayne and everybody. They're all, they're all out of this. And I feel bad for the few guys like Couturier that are stuck in the God, middle of this. Couturier is really stuck. He's stuck in the shit right now. <laughs> like he is stuck in the shit. It sucks. Oh, poor Coots. Who else yeah. has been here? He's the longest tenured flyer by a long shot, but who else has been here a while? Provorov's been here a while. Yeah. I feel bad for him, but I also Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh Sandheim's been here a decent chunk of time. Yeah, I feel bad for Sandheim, definitely. Because I feel like if <laughs> if he's one of those um if he were to get traded or something like that, I know he would be really good on a different team, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, TK's been here a decent amount of time. Yeah. And if if you don't include the time in Toronto, JVR. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. It's weird because I still consider Provorov and TK kids. And they're not kids. And, and that's, Sanheim. Well, and San. I, I think I still kind of consider Sanheim a kid for some reason. I don't know why. Because he's older than Provorov, I think. Is I he? So Sanheim is 26. Ivan Provorov is 25. He's, yeah, so he's a year yeah. older. So like... But Provorov started with this team right away. He was drafted and like exactly, right away yeah. he was with this team playing 25 minutes a night. I think for Sandheim, I consider him a kid more than Provorov because, like... Well, he's got that little baby a, face, that little baby yeah. face. He's got the baby face, and, like, he... he. It seems like he became a regular in the Flyers lineup, like, not that long ago. Whereas Provorov, it feels like it's been a long, much longer time. Just because he, he just came into the NHL way sooner. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you're, I'm looking right now at... Travis Sanheim's history and it really he's really only been a regular with the Flyers since 2018-19 uh, yeah. 2017-18 I'd say 2017-18 he played 49 games that season so um, it's only been one two three four five that's how math works five seasons that he's been a regular flyer yeah I, Whereas, I feel like if that I look 2017-18 at season though I feel like he was scratched a lot 
He was. He was dec- uh, you know, scratched a decent amount. Whereas Provorov has been with the Flyers since 2016-17. Yeah, and he's been like an every like every night player in the lineup yeah. constantly. Yeah. So yeah, and he's he plays. He's been a top liner, top defensive pairing guy that entire time, pretty much. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird, but that's the th- like. I guess it just feels to me like they're kids because I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're still developing. But then I look at their age and I'm like, they're not developing anymore. They're they are what they are at this point. And the only and I think what separates it is like Sanheim. I feel like there is more there with Sanheim, and like who knows? We could see it. Like we saw he was really good last year. Um, but like Provorov and Konechny, they are what they are. And who knows? Like Provorov is is actively regressing and I don't know TK at least last season was he led the team in points. So that's good. But, and he probably will again this season. If, if TK is here the entire year and I had to bet on who was going to lead the flyers in points, it would probably be TK right now. Uh, Farabee is a contender. Hayes, I guess if Hayes is healthy, he should be in the top, like, four or five for the Flyers in points. I feel like, by default, Hayes has to be the one to lead the team in points. And I gotta say, like... Or Atkinson. Atkinson, obviously. Oh, yeah. Cam, too. But, like, with Hayes, I will say, as, like, shitty as things have looked for the Flyers this preseason, he does look good. He looks, like, 100% healthy, Kevin Hayes, which I have missed. For sure. And when he's 100% healthy, he's a really good hockey player. He's not yeah. a first-line center, but he's a really good hockey player. Yeah. I feel like since he's going to be kind of thrust into the first line role, I think he's going to kind of like run with it. I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to put up point per game numbers or anything like that, but I think he'll do well. You know, I don't think he's going to blow anyone's socks off, but I think he'll do well enough. where it's just like, all right, cool. We, we got production out of you. Now you're going to go back to the second line where you belong and continue playing well. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's just like nothing about this team is optimal right now. They're they're just missing so many things and just the lack of talent, the lack of depth, the lack of everything. They literally like Carter Hart's hurt and I believe he's going to be coming back soon, but like he's hurt. Sandstrom's hurt. Grossnick has played what four NHL games in his career and he's like 39 years old. Like it's, just, it's just like so much about this team is just, uh, so unbelievably mismanaged. The vibes are real bad fam. Yeah. Real bad. But again, like we, you mentioned it earlier, like this is this season. What I'm hoping for this season is just the most funny things to happen. You know, like if they lose, cool. I'm very fine with them losing a lot because I've kind of accepted that. And like, I just want to see, I just want to see, honestly, what I really want to see is tangible change throughout the season, whether it's with culture or with some players, like figuring out towards system, like in a couple of those players, I will say like Noah Cates, like it seems towards really likes him because he's been playing him a lot in preseason. And then, I like Noah Cates, and he's one of the few guys I'm excited about potentially making this roster. Yeah. The only two players that I'm really excited about are Noah Cates and uh, Cam York. Because he. it seems uh, Tortorella really likes Cam York, too. And 
yesterday against the Islanders, he gave him like a bunch of minutes and he gave, he had like 10 minutes in the first period. He's looking for guys. Like, I, I think he's also looking for any sliver of hope he can really get with this team. Yeah. So, you know, I think and that's Kate's what they one are. of those guys and York's one of those guys. And, you know, there's a couple guys who probably aren't going to make the roster this year, but I'm excited. Like Wade Allison, if he's healthy, that's a guy I love and I want yeah. to watch on the ice every night. And I'm really excited for when Tyson Forrester makes the big show. I think he's got, I, I just want to see a guy who can get some goddamn, score some goddamn goals. And I think this kid has the ability to do that once he can put it all together skating wise. Yeah. He, like I know Forrester still got a lot to work on, but like, you know, one day when he comes up, who knows, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll kind of be that guy. But right now, like, like you said, the the two kind of guys who are kind of uh, who who are giving people the most hope would probably be Noah Cates and Cam York, and so like those are the two guys. Like b- before, I was looking forward to watching Bobby Brink, but he's hurt, and um, just God, the amount of injuries on this team is just insane. But Cam York and Noah Cates, I like I'm gonna have my eye on them pretty much the whole season. Cause I'm excited. I'm actually excited about those two because Noah Cates, even though he's not like he may not ever be a first line player, but at least he he sh- he puts in the effort and he he's noticeable. And Cam York is someone who could potentially be like a good second pair defenseman one day. So I'm excited about that. Absolutely. And if they were to if they were to, I don't think this is going to happen, but if they were to trade Ivan Provorov, I would be really excited to see like Sanheim and York move up to see what they could do on those other pairings. Yeah, that'd be nice too. Yeah. I don't know what kind of pairings would happen if they trade Provorov, but like, and I don't even know if they're going to trade Provorov. Like, I don't think so. they're going to trade Provorov. In fact, I think if anybody, they're more likely to trade Sanheim because his contract year is coming up. Exactly. Yeah. Which is depressing. Because Sanheim right now is just better. I know a lot of people hate Sanheim out there for no reason. He's the new, uh, who's the other guy? Matt Carl. He's the new Matt Carl. Where people yeah. are, and Braden Coburn. People just despised Matt Carl and Braden Coburn and any mistake they made. Because, they, you know, Matt Carl would make like one catastrophic mistake every couple games. And people would hone in on that and say this is the entire player. And it was not. But... Yeah, Ugh, that sucks. And for the record, uh, Trey Grosnick is 33 years old, has played four NHL games for the uh, San Jose Sharks and Los Angeles Kings, most of his career in the AHL. So very excited to see him be a regular NHL goaltender this season. That's just going to be great. Going to be great. great. Really pumped. I, I feel bad for him because like so many, like no one has any confidence in him at all. And like, this is just a tough situation to be thrown into, and I don't know. I, I just, I do feel kind of bad for him. But this is what he wants. He wants some NHL games. He's going to get it this season. Well, yeah, like he's getting it, but at the same time, it's just like, God, don't give him, I don't know, like, I'm just depressed, Steve. <laughs> I'm just depressed about this team. It's absolutely it's... depressing. It's going to be pretty terrible. And... At least Sandstrom is young. Like, he's young and he's going to get better, presumably. Like, and I will say, like... Presumably, I mean, I'm kind of, like, concerned that he's not really that... His ceiling's not very high, but who knows? Like, and I don't know how high it is, but at least we'll find out, you know? And I will say, like, some of the games he's played... I believe he has five games of NHL experience. He had a couple really... 
Yeah, he has one more game than than Grosnick. But at least Sandstrom is 25. Grosnick is 33. Like Sandstrom, and a lot of goalies, it takes them until they're about 25, 24, 25 to come into the NHL. Hart was an outlier because he was just fucking crazy uh, early on. And now he's just kind of having difficulties because the team in front of of him is dog shit. But like in the games that Sandstrom has played, there were a couple where I was like, damn, like he's actually playing pretty well right now. So... You know, I'm not like I, I I have hope in Felix Sandstrom. With Grossnick, it's just like, ugh, you are what you are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's a good, good time right there. Could be a good time. Let me tell you. <sighs> well, folks, before we get going, I had we have a quick shout out to listener Bill the Bagel Dog for hooking me up. He's gonna hook me up with a big old Mac keyboard that my manly hands can use for my iMac. You know, they're too big for my tiny Mac keyboard. That's so tiny. It's basically my hand is like three quarters of the length of the tiny Mac keyboard. So the big keyboard is going to help me out greatly with producing the show every week. And uh, as part of the exchange for the keyboard, he's going to get some stickers. And he also wanted uh, us to do a little, I said, you choose a topic and we will do it on the show. So what? bill had for us is put together an interview to sell yourself when you apply for the next gm of the philadelphia flyers we want to see a bias for action what is your first action if you were gm next season so essentially if the flyers do move on from chuck fletcher you know if you were the gm what would be your first action what would you do well listen i think we're both very good candidates steve oh yeah i, we'll I know so much about nhl gming yeah, no, I think we'll definitely get some interviews and I think we'll, I don't know, I think we'll make it through at least the first round. Um, all right, so if, if I had to choose, like what would my first thing be, like my first order of business as general manager, I would I would be selling. Like I would sell everybody so I could. hard. Yeah. Like I... Who's me, the first right. guy though? Who's your first target to sell? First target to sell would be JVR. And I know, see, JVR's know out of here after this year. It. What was that? JVR's out of here after this year. He is, but like, so if you're the GM, if you take over as the GM, like, just deal with it for the rest of the year, and then, you know, you don't have to deal with him. He's his contract is expired. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But like, maybe the trade deadline comes, and a team's like, we need, you know, if the team JVR's, wants him by all means. If he's if he's leading the team in goals again, like you did last year. At the trade deadline, people are going to be like, hey, he's on the shitty flyers. Like, we could use him on our third line. And, um, you know, then I would definitely trade him. But, like, the problem is this offseason, no one wanted the contract. But, like, when in the middle of the season, there's more incentive for teams to take a risk on a pricier player who's performing well. And now, will JVR perform well this season? Will he lead the team in goals again? We don't know that. But if he does, I would be like, absolutely, JVR, get the hell out of here. Um, oh, they should sell everybody and their mother if it happens midseason. But I'm I'm thinking more like long term, like fix these problems long term because JVR he, he's a short term problem to me. Yeah. Okay. So then in that case, I would be I would absolutely be trading Ivan Provorov. Um, and I hate saying that because I was a huge believer in, or, or believer in Ivan Provorov for so long, but like last season was just so bad. And listen, I know maybe, maybe maybe he's not as bad as like 
we made him out to be, but like he was not good. I can tell you that right now. And so I would definitely try and move Provorov. I would absolutely try and move Tony D'Angelo because like Tony D'Angelo is going to put up points because there's simply no one else to run the power play at the level that he can. So he's going to put up points and he's only under contract for two more years, including this year. So like he's a tradable player, like definitely. So as long as he doesn't, well, you know, do anything to completely anything dumb. destroy yeah. the locker room or get suspended or anything. But, you know, let's just pretend that doesn't happen. Yeah, but I would definitely trade uh, Tony D'Angelo. I definitely trade Ivan Provorov. Um, and then and this is the hardest thing, but like. I would consider trading Hart. He's I would like, consider to me, he's to me. He's the one of the only shining things on this team that like potentially could be really awesome. And it sucks to say this. Cause like for so long, what the flyers needed was a goalie. And finally they got a goalie who proved to be very good at one point. And the last couple of years he's regressed. Not maybe not because uh, like, I don't think that Hart was bad last year. I just think that he was dealing with the repercussions of playing behind a horrible team. And he's got one year, like after the season, he'll have one year left as a contract. He'll be uh, RFA with arbitration rights in 2024-25. I would, if someone was offering just an insane amount for Carter Hart, and if Carter Hart just plays really well, I would definitely consider it. Because like the Flyers are just not going to, they're not going to be competing. Yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, one of the most important things for a hockey team that's like starting to become good, it helps a lot when you have a really good goalie. So like if Hart, let's pretend this year Hart just he kills it. Maybe like not I'm not talking Vesna or anything like that, but I'm talking like, you know, top top 10 goalie in the NHL this year. Killing it for a Flyers goaltender is having a GA or a save percentage over 900. I mean, yeah, pretty much. But like <laughs> I would at that point if in like, you know, then I would maybe see it through. And like, if he regressed again next season, then I would trade him. But like, um, the thought is definitely there for Carter Hart because he's the most valuable asset. And if the flyers need one thing, it's, it's, they need to be moving assets and getting draft capital and they need to be bringing in a high end talent. And if trading Carter Hart gets a really good draft asset or, um, high end talent, then I think that's kind of what you need to do right now. So my deal with Carter Hart is I'm not actively looking to trade him. I'm not calling other GMs up and saying, like, what do you want for Carter Hart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be. Yeah, I'm listening if other teams call and ask about him. And if somebody yes. blows my friggin' doors off, yeah, I'll do it. But otherwise, I'm not doing it. Like, that's one of those I would need an overwhelmingly awesome deal to trade him away. Otherwise, it ain't happening. Yes, I agree. And I should have. I don't know if I um, made that clear. I would not be like calling people hey want carter hart like definitely not people would have to approach me first that's what i assume chuck does you know when he's he's getting rid of a guy like i, I assume with jvr he's just calling guys up it's like hey you want jvr you, you sure are you positive oh he's, he's really, really good. good you should yeah. you should take him for us we're not desperate to get rid of his contract now here's a here's a uh, do you think justin Braun gets traded again at the trade deadline because i think he does I think so. I think they should. I think they, they like should trade every one of these guys. Yeah. 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 
Justin Braun is, I mean, that's another asset to trade for sure. I, is he only on a one-year deal, though? Yeah, it's one year, one million. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody wants him, sure. Why not? But, you know, it's he's a real bag of whatever. So for he's me, not bad. Like he's he's a serviceable third pair defenseman, which is a valuable yeah. thing. So bag of whatever is a compliment, I think. Yeah, it's it means it's the fine, right? When Charlie saying that the the Voracek Atkinson trade is fine, he's like he's fine. Is how yeah, I feel he, about Justin Braun. He does his job for the most part. Like I can yeah. deal with that from yeah, a third absolutely. line or a third pair defenseman, even second pair. It's fine for sure. It's just like he's paid minimal. He's he's there. He doesn't yeah. make too many mistakes. It's great. Yeah. If I'm the, the GM... Only... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no. No, you're good. I, what I was going to say was not relevant at all. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, well, I was going to say I would love to trade Risto, but that's not happening. Well, Let's that was... Risto. No, I, I, I was going to say that would be my first move. If I was the GM and I was making my pitch to be the GM, my first move would be to trade Rasmus Ristolainen. I think Rasmus Ristolainen... I think the entire... Like half of your defense has to go tomorrow. Ivan, well, Ivan Provorov doesn't have to go, but I think it would benefit both the Flyers and Ivan Provorov to part ways and have him get a fresh start somewhere. I think, and get the assets you could get for a Provorov at, because you can sell Provorov pretty good to a team. You know, this guy plays 25 minutes a night. He's tough as hell. He can, he's got a shot. He's not always great with that shot, but he can shoot. He can score goals. Uh, It's not consistent. Uh, And, you can say he does power play time all the time. He's not good at it, but you can try and pitch like he is. And my big ones, though, like, I think you should be trading Provorov, TDA, and Risto by season's end. Risto, obviously, I am not optimistic he's going anywhere. But if I'm taking over as GM, I'm trying to get rid of that contract. I'm trying to get rid of that player. You're paying this guy like a first pairing defenseman, and he can't play first pairing defensive minutes. He can't do it. He looks terrible in preseason. The guy, like, he's not an offensive defenseman. He's not a defensive defenseman. What the hell is he? The problem with trading Rasmus Ristolainen is that you need another team to trade for Rasmus Ristolainen. And no one wants Rasmus Ristolainen on this contract because they know that he's not worth $5.1 million annually. Listen, if you you listen to Chuck Fletcher, if you listen to Chuck Fletcher, lots of GMs went Rasmus Ristolainen. Yes, but he's also a buffoon. So, like, how can he, like, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I, I it, and you know what? He might be right. Maybe teams do want Rasmus Ristolainen, but not at that cap hit. They yeah, would want him at, like, two, I don't significantly less. Sure. Not I'll, I'll eat the cap for a couple of years. I'll do a buyout, basically. I'll eat $2 million a year. I don't care. Get off my that, roster. That's the only way. Is, is sure. to get rid of Ristolainen is to just buy him out. I'm into there's, it. I'm, I'm there's into no it. other way. Yeah. Because well, if you can trade those contracts, right? And they're not even the biggest part of the puzzle, but those are a big part of it. Like JVR expires at the end of the year. If somebody wants him at the deadline, great. But if not, no big deal. He'll, he can go wherever he wants. He can even come back here for like two mil a season, you know, yeah. uh, a real minimal cap hit right there. And the other guys, like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to like, I would try to get rid of Delorier too, but I think you're going to end up having to bury him in the minors at some yeah. point. He's never. Yeah. I, yeah. No one wants that contract either. That contract sucks. That is such a bad contract for almost a big bag. 2 million a year for him. For a guy who fights and hits and that's it. A, a, a caveman. A caveman. It's, it's great. Jesus. 
And then if anybody wants the young talent, like I'm holding a premium if somebody wants TK. I think TK is a very tradable asset, and I think he's going to be awesome on another team. If somebody offers you, not necessarily a King's Ransom, but they offer you like a B-plus trade for TK, I think you should take that. I would take that. Uh, Same thing. I don't know. I'm more hesitant to trade Farabee. I feel like Farabee's got a really high scoring upside. Yeah. I I, I would trade, like trading TK, I would do that in the offseason. I wouldn't do it midseason. I would definitely trade it. Like that would be like a hockey trade type thing. Yeah. Um, Farabee, I think there's... I know he's hurt and I know like he still hasn't quite put everything together yet, but I think there's enough there to inspire me. Like I don't, I don't hate his contract. Like five. No, he's 22 years old too. He's still got plenty of room to grow. So I'm, I, I like his contracts and I think once he like really hits his stride and is like fully healthy for a while, um, I think he could potentially put together like some really good seasons. So I'm very, he's like one of my only untouchables right now. Maybe not untouchable, but like as close. He's as to close. I, I think the closest you have to, to untouchables on this team are Hart, Farabee. I think that's it. Yeah. And they're, they're not even untouchable. Like they're no. close. But, you got to well, blow my be, socks off. I shouldn't even say close either because like. as For a flyer's definition, right? There's yeah. a curve. For this, the Flyers curve. And on the Flyers curve, these are untouchable guys. But, you know, they're untouchable in the respect that Wayne Gretzky can be traded. Anybody can be traded. Right. Farabee and Hart are the two players I least want to trade. I'll say, I'll just put it that way. <laughs> there you and go. Then, that works. Like, and like Scott Lawton, I think, is the next tier down where I, I never think you're going to get the value for a Scott Lawton that is worth to have in the locker room, to have on the ice. I think Scott Lawton's just a great glue player. I like Scott Lawton and like his contract is weird, but it's not like bad. It's just like a weird, I just don't know why they signed him 3 million a year for like a million years. That was just a really odd. It, it was very odd. Decision. It was definitely odd. And well, and the same thing, like uh, I think Kevin Hayes is a great locker room guy, great glue guy, great middle of the lineup guy, but they're relying on him for top minutes right now. He makes a ton yeah. each year. And if somebody comes calling for that contract, I'm not hesitating. I am pulling the gun on that. And that I'll do that for a C plus trade. You know, I will go a little lower. I will go for a fine trade for that one. And the same for Cam Atkinson. I think Cam Atkinson, a great locker room guy. I really like him on the ice. I think he's a good presence. Would not hesitate to trade him. I like, yeah. Like the thing is, is with, Hayes, it's a lot like Russell Lennon, and like I just feel like no one wants that contract unless Hayes just explodes this year statistically. But I don't think that's going to happen. And like Atkinson, if someone was like, honestly, I think I would try and I uh, I think I would actually keep Atkinson in the group with Farabee and um, Hart just because at least we know Atkinson is like he's really good, and I know he's not like Giroux good or like you know first line player good he's going to be playing possibly on the first line but like um we do know that he's really valuable and he's like he's so good on the pk and he scores goals and like um he's to me i think he's the best player they have right now aside from coots but like the thing with coots though is we don't know if he's going to be the same player when he comes back right and we don't know how his health is going to be moving forward and that's the problem with back injuries is once they start do you ever get fully healthy from a back injury? I mean, the back is tricky as hell. It's weird. Yeah. Backs backs are, are odd things to hurt. 
But yeah, whoever the next GM of the Philadelphia Flyers is, I I want that bias for action, but towards just strip, stripping this team away. Just yeah. g- get rid of half of this roster. And I mean it. Half of this roster has to go. And there specifically, I think in the next year and a half, you have to trade Rasmus Ristolainen. If you can, I don't have any illusions about actually doing that. Uh, I think D'Angelo has to be traded while you have value for him. I yes. think Provorov should be traded for the good of the team to get value and also for the good of Provorov. And if you can move Delorier, Hayes, or even maybe Atkinson, I think maybe you have to do those because those are big contracts. And the fact that the Flyers don't have cap space and they had the roster they have is bonkers. I, it's honestly incredible. The fact that they managed to pull this off is just dark wizardry. Dark wizardry. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Like they don't have, they don't even have a second line center as far as I'm concerned right now until Katori is back. They have Morgan Frost listed there. And I think they're trying Morgan Frost out at wing right now, which is probably a better position for him given his size. Uh, I'll say that like, so Morgan, Fro- this is a big year for Frost. And it's a huge year for Frost, and also for his trade value. If Frost could prove himself to actually like be good at something in the NHL, and I'm talking about like even as an assist guy, that does wonders for the trade value, and that does wonders for his uh, footing with the team. If if it's just not working for Frost at some point this season, like it, it, let's pretend we're like 40 games in, and he's just not. It's still he's just not putting it together. Still, I would not be shocked at all if they just said fuck it, we're, we're trading him for anything. Bye-bye now. Yeah. I am rooting for Morgan Frost. Like, I want Morgan Frost to be good, but let's just... There's just... This is the year. This is the prove-it year. As far yeah. as and I'm he concerned. And he knows it. He knows, he knows it. it. I, he knows it, and he's gotten a lot of time in camp so far. He's the guy who's put up... He's put up three points in preseason, so this is a big, big year for Morgan Frost, and he's one of the few guys I'm actually looking forward to watching to see if he can do it. I'm actively pulling for Morgan Frost to do this, to step up and do something well at the NHL level. Yeah, he needs to, because if he doesn't this year, it is just, yeah, it's not going to be great. Guys, I'm pulling for. I'm pulling for. I'm, I'm pulling for most of the roster. I'm probably pulling for all, but uh, one or two guys on the roster. But yeah. I'm actively the the storylines I'm invested in, and I'm talking very, very little investment here. Morgan Frost, I'm invested in. Travis Konechny, I want to see TK have a killer year. I want to see him crush it. I want to see Sean Couturier come back strong. I want to see Scott Lawton have a nice year, just because I like Scott Lawton a lot, and I want to see Travis Sanheim have a great year. And Cam York. I Cam York, I want him to take a step up. I want Owen Tippett to take a step up. I want Joel Farabee to come back strong. And those are really the main guys that I'm invested in. I want to see all the kids start to make inroads with the team. Noah Cates, you know, and if Forrester can get some time up here, that'd be great. But I want to see the youth really start to step up and become the core of this team. Because that's the biggest thing this, these guys need right now, that the Flyers need. They need a new core. Because yes. Giroux's gone, Wayne Simmons is gone, Jake Voracek is gone. The only guy remaining from that old core is Sean Couturier. And Sean Couturier, as we said, we cannot rely on him until his back injuries are all the way gone. And we don't yeah. know when that'll be. Yeah. I think for me, the players I'm rooting most for, obviously Cam York, I really want to see a big... I If Owen Tippett like, goes off, and I shouldn't say go off. like If he puts together like a 50-point season, like nothing even incredible. But if he puts together like a 50 point year I will be so happy because it it'll just kind of like 
soften the blow of the Giroud trade because I know so many people are just still very unhappy with you know the return and everything. I would love to see Tippett take a big step forward. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's Cam York, Owen Tippett, Noah Cates. I want to see him continue to be Noah Cates, um, and I would love to see um, Wade Allison just be a menace out there. But I just I have no confidence in his ability to stay healthy. So. No, I, I have no confidence in it at all. He played in a game in the preseason, and I remember he went out at one point in the first period, and we're like, that's it! He's gone again! Yeah. yeah. But then he was he came back pretty quickly, thankfully. But we all want him to be great, because the few minutes he's played, he's been awesome. He's been, like, a flyer. He's a fucking flyer. But yeah. he's got to stay healthy, and that's been a challenge. And I, I think the other guy we haven't mentioned for this is is Carter Hart, right? Like I, We all want to yes. see Carter yeah. Hart take another step forward. He's had a really tough time. If Torts can shore up the defense, I would really like to see Carter Hart put up some really good numbers this year. Hart deserves it. He's been through some shit. He went through the eight goalie season. He went through just, he went through everything and he's only he be- 24. He's still so young. Yeah. So like, you know, and that's why I make him like one of my almost untouchables is just because he's so young and we know his potential. It just sucks that he's, he has this, unbelievable potential and he's just on a terrible team just terrible terrible absolutely terrible well folks that's it that's depressing <laughs> it is what definitely it is. a bummer i will say though this wasn't as much of a bummer i tried listening to the new cole beasley album earlier today and it wasn't even like disastrously bad it was just really boring i honestly forgot about that whole discussion. Oh, that's okay. Week. That's okay. And uh, honestly, I'm glad because I don't want to listen to it. Don't so. listen to it. It's one of those. <laughs> I don't want to I didn't. It. I didn't know you could make rap this boring. Well, color me shocked. Color that, me shocked. Color me shocked that it was Cole Beasley who managed to make rap boring. <laughs> I'm stunned, Steve. Yes. I, well, and it's, you know, it's just sad that uh, they took a great title when worlds collide, which I think of the song from, do, do you <laughs> yeah. remember Power Man 5000? Power Man 5000. Crazy hair dude. Yeah. Crazy hair dude. And what a great name for a band. Power Man 5000. So good. They got, they got a couple of good when songs. When worlds actually. collide. It's, yeah. it's a gr- if you're looking for actual, like, quality new metal songs right there, I think When Worlds Collide is one of them right there. It's a very, it's a classic. Tony Hawk's. Pro Skater 2, I believe. Oh, there you go. I downloaded the Tony Hawk remake for the PS5, so I'm excited to get into that. It's amazing. You'll love it. Yes. (sighs) Well, we were wrapping up, and we're going to continue wrapping up. So, folks, thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.eda.ca. Quigs, where can people find you, and you got anything to plug? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at uh, Ryan Quigs with a Z. Um couple stories coming out really excited um to put those out and then also um if you are into punk rock you and you aren't already i will be stunned if you don't know this band but go see the ocs live i just went to see them last tuesday in a really fun venue in north carolina called cat's cradle they always go there like every year um and they just rocked my ass off so Go see the OCs live. Even if you don't like punk, do it. It'll change the way you look at music. They're so much fun. Oh, wow. Nice. I like the recommendation right there. 
I like it. I like it a lot. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at SD Bomb if it's for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Folks, that's all we got for you. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.